0: Hi, I am Brent Feldman, I'm your host of Mix and Matchbox and today we have with us Tim Stone, a support engineer for Matchbox Design Group, our company here. Uh, Very excited to have one of our own on the podcast. How is it going, Tim? How are you doing? dude? It's great to be here. I've been uh, a longtime listener of the mix and
1: matchbox podcast so very excited to get a chance to come be on
0: yeah that's so cool i know i'm sure there's those podcasts that you listen to and then yeah you, you, once you actually make it as a guest you're like oh my god i'm here i'm here <laughs> i'm here i've been listening i'm, I'm ready to go <laughs> yeah i i should also probably put your other title out there too about you know being a host of uh your own podcast yeah mm-hmm. feel, feel mm-hmm. free you can give a shout out plugs are welcome
1: yeah i I host another show called things i learned last night um it's a comedy podcast and i just tell my buddy all the things i learned last night and he makes fun of me for like an hour uh (laughs) so if you like listening to someone get uh get made fun of you might like our show
0: (laughs) and and learning and (laughs) you learn a
1: little bit just a little bit (laughs) you'll laugh a lot
0: yeah (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, it is. It's super good to have you on. And, uh, and I'm actually I'm really excited to dig into these questions. Um, you know, I guess maybe first and foremost, uh, you know, how did you get, we'll, we'll do a little bit of development stuff, a little bit of your own podcast, but um, how how did you get started in development? And really, what's what's the thing that makes it exciting for you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, it's kind of a weird story. I kind of fell backwards into it. Um, which might be true of a lot of people in a lot of professions, I think. Uh, but, um, yeah, I was actually going to Bible school and I got a work study as part of my, um, uh, benefits package to be able to, to attend the school. Um, and part of that, I had to go find a job on campus, uh, to pay my way through school. And I got two job offers. One, Um, that was the accounts receivable executive assistant, which was like the second floor of the uh, administration building in the president's office, like all the glamor. I think it paid like $12 an hour. Um, And then I got uh, associate copywriter. Uh, which was in the marketing department, which was in the basement of the administration building and literally in an old janitor's closet. Like they just shoved a bunch of desks in a closet underneath the stairs and were like, that's the marketing department. (laughs) And I don't know what it was. I was just like, that's the one I want. I want that one. I don't want the one upstairs with all the title and the glory. I want the one in the basement. And I took that and uh, uh, the role was supposed to be just updating copy for the website um but pretty quickly uh in in my work there the lead developer on the team was like hey i think you can do this i want to make a web developer out of you and so he just kind of took me under his wing and he actually would print uh layouts of websites and have hand me this printer paper of a website and be like hey when you go home tonight build this and i didn't even know <laughs> anything about code or html or like i couldn't even google i didn't have the words um and so i spent a long time like just kind of falling down rabbit holes on how to build a website um and figured my way through trying to make that layout from that printer paper and then i'd send him my code and he would critique it and tell me there's a way easier way to do what you just did (laughs) and then we did this a handful of times until i started figuring out and then uh, next thing i know I graduated and was offered a 35-hour-a-week uh, job because legally they weren't allowed to take on any more full-time workers. <laughs> so I came on at 35 hours a week, and uh, he and I we rebuilt the university website together. Um, and so that was uh, kind of the way I just kind of fell backwards into it. Didn't think I was going to do it. Um, had no plans to go into that, and here I am.
0: <laughs> there you go. And then I was just creeping on your LinkedIn profile, and uh, you know, happened to stumble across you and ask. You wouldn't know anybody, would you? <laughs> I um, was like, matter of fact, <laughs> I do. And it's me. <laughs> uh, I have two thumbs. This
1: yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love it. I love being able to uh, take code, which is literally just letters in a document, and turn it into a tool that actually makes money for businesses. It's crazy to me uh, that I can sit down and type something that turns into something real. Uh, which is so fun. It really is so much fun. So uh, really glad I kind of fell into it really glad. um, uh, I met that guy. He's still my mentor, we still talk all the time. And he still, I still can bounce things off of him when I'm not sure what to do about something. So uh, really thankful for that relationship. That's super cool.
0: Um, so I guess, you know, uh, now, you know, sort of in your role, um, you're on the sport team for for Matchbox and uh, in like, You know, what would you say makes, you know, this type of customer service um, different from other types of customer service? Because, you know, it's definitely it's a mix of um, certainly helping people, Uh, you're kind of solving problems. But yeah, what in your, you know, sort of mind makes this kind of different or unique?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of customer service, you work with customers who even if they don't really understand what's going on under the hood, like they understand what you're doing. Uh, they get a concept and, and you you might get customers a lot that really get it. Um, while I was in college, I also had a second job where I was making sandwiches um, and people understood how that worked and they would often tell me I was doing it wrong. Uh, <laughs> and so that kind of customer service, like people, people get it. Um, but when it comes to customer service in anything in the tech world, a lot of your customers, um you might as well be speaking greek and roman to them um they know what they want to see they 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 can say hey i want this but they can't put it in terms uh that are the type of terms you might use and so not only do you have to be able to parse what they're communicating to figure out what they want um when they don't know the language for for that but You also then have to be able to communicate things back to them in language that they would understand, um, which can sometimes be very difficult uh, to to simplify that into kind of layman's terms. Uh, But it's it's pretty fun to me, honestly. It's fun to be able to take something where uh, I could chop it up with a developer and have a conversation in 10 seconds to be like, here's what we need to do, but then to have to sit down and be like, okay, how do I explain this to someone who doesn't know all of those terms, doesn't understand all that language, and then break that out and then be like, wow, this is something that I really have to break out into multiple paragraphs to make it clear, which is, it's it's interesting. It's an entertaining
0: <laughs> exploit for me. <laughs> yeah. I, it's cool because like, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, like places in this world where I think, you know, people get caught in, um, you know, in, in, in the thing. And it re- always reminds me of office space. Like I talk to the engineers, like, you know, <laughs> you know, you need that that translator of sorts. But, you know, where you find that like mechanic or something who actually can tell you about what's wrong with your car, why it's going wrong, but then also not, you know, do it in a rude, weird, seemingly shady way where you're like, Okay, great. I really get it. And I feel like there's such a skill and art to, you know, breaking down a problem, making it intelligible, and really just trying to relate to somebody at the end of the day, customer service, I think is so much about that. So yeah, it's cool. Absolutely.
1: I think it's similar. It's very similar to the mechanical world, because I think a lot of people, they kind of get burnt by mechanics if they have a bad experience. And I think a lot of people have had bad experiences with devs where I don't know if Uh, there are devs out there that might do do shady stuff. But I think a lot of them, they just can't communicate what they're trying to say effectively. Um, And it leads people to be like, I don't understand what's going on here. And I don't know what we're spending our money on. And I don't know what they're doing. And it's because there's that communication barrier. And so that's something I'm I'm glad that I get to kind of bridge that gap. It's
0: it's a lot of fun to me. That's cool. Yeah. Glad to have you on the team for that. Um, (laughs) is there? Um, really a common thread uh, that you see, um, you know, uh, of what like people are, are most, you know, desperate for besides a fix of their issue, you know, are do you think they're seeking understanding? Do you think that they're, uh, you know, but like, obviously you, you sometimes get people that are in peril, you know, they're like, yeah. Oh, uh, like my site is down. That is our lifeblood. That is what we need. But you know, is it always just like, Oh, fix it and be done with it? Or is it, do you think there's something more to stewarding that, you know, that relationship? Yeah, I,
1: I think more than anything, and I think this is true in any customer service role, I think our customers want to be heard and they want to feel understood and they want to feel like their needs are valuable to us because, Um, at the end of the day, there's this challenge that I think anybody who works in customer service feels is you have a lot of issues on your plate, you have a lot of things that are high priorities that you need to handle. Uh, And so another issue comes in, and sometimes it can be tough to really reach to that issue and recognize it as a big issue. Um, Because for the client, it is, whether it's something in your internal scale that falls under urgent or high priority, to them, it is a high priority to them. If they're reaching out to you, it's something that really matters. And it's something that they care about, whether it's something that they want to add as a new feature or something that's an issue that they want fixed. Uh, And so it's uh, of the utmost importance uh, to them to feel like they're hurt to feel like you care, um, and that you value uh, what they are concerned about. And I think it's, 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 it's really easy when you have a lot of stuff happening not to do that. Um, And I think that's where a lot of people start feeling or that's where I think a lot of exits happen from agency client relationships where they're like, yeah, they just don't, they're not, they're not, uh, attentive to our needs. If we can, we can show up and we can hear them and, um, value their opinion and, um, be able to have conversations with them when we need to have conversations with them, but be able to quickly and effectively be like, Hey, we see the issue and we're working on it and we're, um, doing everything we can to make sure that that's not, not a problem. Um, I think that that's, uh, that's what they want i've had experiences like that with other agency relationships where they treat you like you're their only customer and it's like gosh i will give you as much money as you want for as long as you want it <laughs> you have that relationship and then the other side of it where it's like oh yeah we can meet with you in three months to talk about it it's like ah, fine i'll find somebody else
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so you do you want to feel like you're valued and, and, and you're heard
0: yeah yeah oh, that's that's super helpful um You know, I guess, uh, since you are thrown into really random problems, there's not necessarily always like, you know, a a consistent type of thing that, you know, comes at you day to day, could be something as easy as like, you know, maybe content stuff or like, you know, Mm -hmm. real, real serious problems with, you know, web application. Um, But you know, what sort of learning and development, um, you know, do you do not just, um, you know, part of like, obviously working through some of these issues, but in order to be able to keep up with those needs
1: yeah it, it it's interesting if you're outside the world of dev I think a lot of people and I definitely thought this before you think coders sit down and they code all day um, but really that's very little of the job the majority of the job is reading you read so much as a developer um, anything in um any sort of computer engineering like you're going to spend a lot of time reading documentation reading the quote-unquote owner's manuals of all the different tools that you're using um because in modern development any site any app anything out there is using multiple code bases, tons of plugins, tons of uh, extensions and different frameworks to be able to execute all the different things that they're doing. And there's, it's just not possible. There's dozens to hundreds of those, in any platform that we're working on. Um, and it's not possible for any engineer to know off the back of their hand, what all those things are doing at any point. And so uh, you spend a lot of time reading and learning where to find the information you need to find, whether that's the specific tools documentation or through specific forums all over the net. Uh, And another good thing, I just said net and it took me back to the 90s for a second. I haven't said that in forever.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just envisioned all these like, you know, like the pipelines and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then I heard the modem yeah. noises in the background. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <up. Yeah. laughs>
1: but uh, yeah, it, you the the fun new thing uh, is ChatGPT. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's a crazy new tool that came out recently. Uh, <laughs> but it, one of the things that's crazy to me that I use it for all the time is I'll just grab code, I'll throw it in there, and be like, "Hey, explain this to me." And so if I'm working on a project that whether we developed it internally or we inherited the site from a client where someone else had built that site I can grab the code and be like explain what this code does uh, and then I could like, okay here's the decisions that were made when building this and here's what each line of this does and then I can go through to figure out how to solve the issue uh, after doing that which is it's hugely helpful and it saves a ton of time because uh, before it was just reading all those lines of code and trying to be like okay what what's happening here? And why did this developer decide to do it this way?
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: Yeah, because, because we do a pretty good job internally at Matchbox documenting what we do and writing uh, comments in line to explain our decisions. Uh, But especially if we inherit from externally, it's not true of every agency. And so a lot of a lot of our work, especially on the support team, uh, when we're working on those inherited sites, is like, why did you do this? (laughs) And so you become kind of like an investigator uh, coming through the code, trying to figure some stuff out. And so uh, ChatGPT has been helpful in speeding that process up for us a little bit. (laughs) That is is great.
0: Yeah. uh, And and it's funny. You actually went to the place I was going to. I mean, like, how important is documentation?
1: (laughs) Oh, it's
0: so important. I can't tell you how many
1: times we've had issues where... Uh, we go reference our docs and see okay good we've documented this issue before we've documented how this process works and had we not done that we would have spent hours triaging and trying to figure out okay where is this problem coming from and how can we fix it Um, where if you have documentation it's it's almost immediate you just can go straight to actually solving the issue instead of all that investigation so it's so important it's kind of like the uh, like taking your car to AutoZone and plugging it into the machine like, yeah, you could get under the hood and just start fiddling with stuff for a few hours and probably figure out what's wrong, but there's a better way. And yeah. documentation is that
0: better way. I, I love analogies. And by the way, that, that was a good one. I feel like that that was good. And I'm always thinking it was like, what, what's a good corollary to that? And I was like, you know, copying somebody else's homework. They already got the answer. <laughs> Why not just go through and leverage that yeah. But it, yeah. exactly. It's like, if you didn't have that, then you have to like reinvestigate. And that's mm-hmm. just, I, it's wasted time at the end of the day. Absolutely. And that wasted time is wasted budget for our clients. And so anything we can do to save money is important to us. Boom. All right. Wow. I gotta re-encapsulate that later. That that's yeah <laughs> it's a good nugget right there. Um well cool. Um if there was one problem that you could eradicate, you know, um for for the world of people dealing with like you know any sort of website issue, uh what would it be and how would you solve it? And you can't say documentation, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, uh, it's
1: a big, it's a big issue. And, I, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't know how to solve it. I've got, I, well, I don't know how to solve it. But I can say, uh, hackers, hackers are the one thing I would say, man, we got to get rid of those. Uh, because I think a lot of people don't think of it like this. But I've always thought of it the same way. Like, if you have a storefront, you're doing everything you can to keep that safe, Like you're getting an alarm system, you're putting locks on your doors, you're putting up security cameras and and things to prevent yourself from someone breaking your windows and stealing your stuff. Um, but a lot of companies, especially smaller organizations, aren't treating their online storefront the same way. And so there are backdoors all over websites, where hackers are getting in, and they're stealing information and in uh, unfortunate scenarios, if you're e ecom or have Sensitive information for your customers on your site—they're stealing your customer information, Uh, and that's a problem. That's a big problem, Um, and it can—and they take your site down a lot of times. A byproduct of them getting in there to get the data is your site going down, and then your ability to run your business is is uh, greatly affected. And so there's a lot of things you can do from a security standpoint. You can uh, the same metaphor: set up your security system, set up software, and set up things to protect yourself, Um, but I don't know how to stop hackers. That's a big problem. That's way above my pay grade. Um, And honestly, I don't know if there's any way to stop them. I had a professor in college who used to say, as long as you live on this world, there will be people who want to kill you and take your stuff, Uh, which is true. (laughs) Wow. Breaking that news to you lightly. Welcome
0: to the real world, kid.
1: (laughs) Here we go. Um, So yeah, hackers are out there and it's a bummer. If I could, I would get rid of them all. I don't think I can. And so the next best thing is to do uh, everything we can to protect a site and so that's finding those back doors, closing them, sealing them up tight um, and putting in all the security systems in place to keep keep everything secure. so if you're not doing that, do it keep your, keep your stuff safe
0: that is that's a really good point and, and it has it's been a problem. I mean, like we've seen it happen to our client sites and stuff we've inherited and like, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely and even stuff that you know, we worked a long time on to put all the best things in place and you never mm-hmm. know what's actually going to come back and get you at the end of the day. I even have now this was actually my problem let a whole bunch of WordPress installs fall out of date probably had a whole bunch of like, you know, plugins with security loopholes on them. And I had been uh and, and this was the other problem. I was using a GoDaddy server. That's probably mm. the first. That's, <laughs> First thing. <laughs> there's the problem <laughs> yeah I, I knew what it was before i even started mentioning the other stuff but <laughs> the, it, it got taken down and unfortunately it was like years of work and just like little side projects um and mm-hmm. at the end of the day it was it was a very very hard lesson i had to learn even for myself even though i i'm here we do this day yeah. in day out you know it's just that you know everybody is susceptible and uh yeah. and, and that's it's just a painful reality that you know sometimes mm-hmm. it will happen and you know you're on the other end of, of an attack and that can be that can be bad it's a big it's a big thing and it i mean it can sting so uh
1: take 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 any any steps you can now to protect yourself from that if you're not um
0: and if you are uh take more steps definitely (laughs) this this is our crime stoppers announcement for hacker (laughs) gotta have that segment in the show um Cool. Well, switching gears, because we said we we're going to do a little bit about development and a little bit about your podcast. Um, yeah. So uh, you also have a successful podcast and uh, and you also do that with a partner. Um, mm-hmm. Who do you love more, uh, him and that show or us and Matchbox and why? Uh, He's the worst person I've ever met. So definitely not him.
1: (laughs) We've been best friends for 10 years. um, And anybody who's been friends with someone that long knows uh, man, it's a bitter relationship.
0: (laughs) Wait, uh, I've been business partners with Cullen and friends for 17 years, at least because yeah. And then it goes back beyond that. So wow. What does that mean for us? (laughs) Everybody knows once you hit that 10 mark, things start getting bitter.
1: (laughs) No, no. I love, I love, uh, he's a, he's a great friend. We're, we're, uh, we're best friends we've been friends for a long time doing the podcast for a long time um, but of course I love mix and matchbox and the the organization I'm a part of so
0: <laughs> I can't choose It's like choosing one of your kids. <laughs> yeah no no don't worry I get it I get it but that that is cool and uh and, and it's cool to see uh you know the development of not only you know the success that you've had within the podcast but also like you know outside of that the stuff with uh with with you know Google and YouTube and you know that's really neat very fun. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun working on the projects that have come from that
1: show. It's been cool.
0: That's awesome. Um, As you mentioned, you know, the joy and excitement in development and the things that kind of like drive you on that front. Uh, what is it about creating a podcast um, that really kind of keeps you engaged? Um, is it the growth the fans? Uh, you know, what what makes that continually exciting?
1: Honestly, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. We started this podcast and for a long time, it was really a hobby for me. Um, it's just recently got to the point where it's something that it's actually profitable. It was a loss for a long, long time. Um, and so for a long time, it was just something that was just fun for me. Now what's crazy is um, we have found some decent success and we've uh, grown a pretty large audience and that's been super fun to see. Uh, but one kind of unexpected side effect that i didn't think we would see because we're just kind of a dumb comedy podcast the whole thing is jokes and laughter and uh stories and bits and uh so i never expected there to really be any sort of like i don't know positive impact on the world to come from our show uh but one weird thing that happened is we've developed a pretty large following in the u.s prison system uh because i don't know if it's on they're the they get ipads in prison now and um, maybe not every prison but some prisons they give them ipads and for some reason our show is on the ipads um and i don't know if like they have to screen all of them or if it's because we're clean comedy like i don't know what it is about it but we're there and a lot of prisons um there's like entire cell blocks that listen to our show together and we get letters from prison like on prison letterhead saying how much they love our show and that they all listen together and that like we brighten their tough days. Um, and we get letters, uh, comments from family members and stuff saying how much they love our show and how thankful that they are, that they get to laugh, uh, cause they don't get to do that very much, which is crazy. Um, I didn't expect our, our dumb little show to actually like brighten somebody's life in a way. Um, but it's, it's cool. It's, it's exciting.
0: Wow. Uh, I didn't expect that to be the answer oh uh, <laughs> <me neither. laughs> yeah. uh, that is that's really cool that's awesome well and i mean like uh you know anybody that you can touch you know with like you know your show like obviously that's gotta mean something but yeah to get the letters and actual personal accounts of how it actually you know meant something that's that's really neat yeah it's it's really cool to to know that
1: we're helping like what's probably Uh, The worst time in a person's life, like helping them kind of have a light through that, which is uh, super fun. Also, I love just the street cred to know like cell block eight. Everybody knows me. Uh, Uh (laughs) That's pretty cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, Got got a bunch of people who, uh, you know, got your back.
1: Yeah, yeah. If I ever end up there, hopefully they like the show. Maybe there's some people in the cell block that I could have enemies from.
0: <laughs> let's uh, let's keep that one on the dollar. We don't, No, we don't want her to put that bad stuff out of the. Other. Everybody loved you in prison. It's great. <laughs> oh, that's that's, that's awesome. Um, and and I guess you know, in in general, um, mm-hmm. you know, like what what what's the point? Uh, in your show, that you know, maybe I would obviously being liked in prison is one thing, but uh, you know, <laughs> but, but that made you feel like um you were really on to something yeah. um, because I know that sometimes it's, uh it, you know, it's hard. You're feeling it out along the way. As you mentioned, it, it wasn't ma- making you money it was losing you money, mm-hmm. but you know, obviously you get to have this thing where you're like, Hey, I, I think, I think we struck a chord. We got this. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we
1: started our show in 2017 um, and we have been doing it for years and, and it, it did well uh, as a podcast, but it wasn't doing insane numbers or anything like that. Uh, and then in 2020, we said, you know what? I think we've got like really good content. Like, we listen to our show and it's it's really high quality. Um, we think we've got a concept that could win. Uh, and we said, how do we get this in front of people? Uh, we've got the, the talent really for the show. how do we get eyeballs on it? And so we sat down and we created a strategy um that included a lot of seo a lot of social media marketing and we said all right let's run this play and see what happens and that was the end of 2020 took us probably eight months or so sometime in may or june of 21 uh, we saw that strategy start to work um and we started seeing more and more people showing up uh every single week to listen to our show uh and when we started seeing that like oh hey um we've got something here because now it's not just now it's not just oh we've got good content we've got content that people are listening to and people are giving us great feedback on um and we're starting to to uh into the black <laughs> and so we were like hey i think i think this could work and so that was that in 21 we had we did an episode about bob lazar uh was the one i, re- I remember very clearly where uh the social media the seo all of that just kind of worked in tandem really well and um, I want to say that episode did 10,000 downloads and wow. we were like, oh, Hey, this could be something. Uh, and we got a ton of great feedback and, and it went really well on YouTube. And then we, uh, and then we really doubled down and we we're like, let's go off to the races. Let's see where we can take this.
0: Yeah. Oh, one of my favorite episodes uh, was the one where it was the guy who just kept eating. I can't remember his name. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I can't remember his everything. everything. yeah, and it was like it was like in the middle ages or something mm-hmm. and like yeah, and he would just eat everything. It didn't matter. Yeah. and he had an insatiable appetite. And, yeah. and just as much as like I wanted to keep listening, I was like, that was disgusting. Oh, <laughs> that? himself, he actually yeah. consumed himself. Yeah, it's an insane
1: story. It's a true story, which is nuts.
0: (laughs) Man, just thinking about it. Mm. (laughs) Oh wow! Um, But that is that's really cool. I and and actually, one other thing that I have to mention about the podcast is there's an octave you hit when you laugh and you're really (laughs) laughing, and it really just ramps up there. And I'm like, and I feel like that. That's it. That that's 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 when you know that whatever was said. The, that that is special during that episode At least that's, that's, how <laughs> that's how we know what to use for social is
1: we have like a decibel meter that we <laughs> run through the episode i'm like all right that's that's a social clip
0: right there <laughs> yeah, nailed it uh there we go yeah two thirty three p.m there we go
1: Perfect.
0: uh all right um well yeah I guess you know you mentioned like creating that sort of game plan and like you know doing uh you know more social stuff that was obviously that was super important in order to like um you know achieve that growth but you know what what are those sort of catalysts um you know is there a magic bullet combination of things um you know what what is that what's that sort of playbook look like yeah the magic bullet
1: is there's a guy who works for the government you have to call him and wire him ten thousand dollars and next thing you know (laughs) you're famous (laughs)
0: he started telling that and i was like i know he's bullshitting me right <laughs>
1: no there there is no magic bullet it's uh, what i say to everybody is it's everything um if we if we only executed on part of this strategy it wouldn't have worked Uh, it's like the pistons of an engine Uh, you need all of them working for it to work um, and you need them working in the correct rhythm if they're firing at the same time it's not going to work if they're misfiring it's not going to work you have to have them all working um in the right order in the right rhythm um to get it functioning correctly uh what we ran in our play is we uh we produced our episode we got ourselves into um a schedule where we were five weeks out on every episode to give ourselves the margin to be able to produce a lot of social content for every episode. And we would do, um, we were following all the current social media trends for those clips to try to make them go viral. Um, Meanwhile, we were writing blog posts for every single episode and pumping them full of all the SEO work you need to do to uh, get that ranked on the first page of Google. Um, And our strategy was if we can go viral with one of these clips and then be the first result on Google for that topic, Uh, then we could win Um, and we needed both of those things to happen for that to work Um, and so there was a lot of times where we went viral and we weren't first on on google there's a lot of times where we were first on google and we didn't go viral Um, but there were those times where we were both um, and it was hugely beneficial for us Um, probably the biggest success story was we did an episode about eels which I don't know if you know this, eels. Nobody knows where they come from. It's it's crazy.
0: But Down deep there's... in the Sargasso Sea, actually. I, 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 had, I, I have a, I have a book, and I'm not I'm not exaggerating <laughs> the size. I, no nobody can see this on the audio, but like, <laughs> big. And I read it to my all kid. about eels. Yes, uh huh. <laughs> and it starts as an elver, and I'm not. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I yeah. would lo- I would love to share all of that, but yes, I actually I do know a lot about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we talked all about how weird. Their life cycle is,
1: and um, just the whole story of eels. And we did a clip that went viral, and then we were the number one result on Google for eels, which is crazy to me that we were able to beat out like Wikipedia and everything on eels. Nuts, Um, but we did. We were the number one result, and because of that, that episode launched, and it got one hundred and twelve thousand downloads because we were able to to nail that sync. And so it's, uh, but there was. For every story of that, there's hundreds of stories of episodes that weren't big winners, where we missed, where it didn't go viral, we didn't uh, rank on social media or on SEO. Um, And so it is a a story of consistency, a story of uh, uh, doing everything that you can and running the play, even when the play is not working, um, because eventually it will.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I, all right. I got a couple things to get your feedback on. Because like, you know, w- what you're saying kind of resonate with, with this stuff quite a bit, uh, which uh, was, you know, yeah, the consistency, I think you mentioned, and then uh, there was definitely this, uh, this um, YouTuber who had mentioned the five year point is like, you know, mm-hmm. if you're putting in a lot of work, you're you're doing it regularly, you know, that's where you're like, Oh, my gosh, I see what five years did for me, you know, and there's some people that will pop off before that. But I mean, like, you know, yeah, the five year mark was like where it seemed to be really resonant i don't know yeah. that's. does that sound right we were at about four um yeah. but
1: to be fair we were creating content long before that like he and i we had made sketch videos a lot we actually went on tour and we had a whole live show we were doing for a while um and so we've we've done content for many many years before we've done the podcast and i think around that four five year mark is when you start to see okay here's my content here's my style and you start to get real you perfect it you get good at doing your content and you also like like i said get good at the marketing and figure out how to market it um that's the thing that i get fired up about all the time is just how many talented people there are in the world that we don't know about um it's honestly very sad to me you go through spotify there's hundreds if not thousands of artists that are better than anything on the billboard top 200 like objectively better Um, but they don't get over a thousand downloads a month um, because they don't know how to market themselves and they don't have anybody around them that knows and that can do it for them Uh, and so uh, I would argue if you're a talented person forget about honing your talented talent you're already talented Leave that up on the side continue being talented go figure out marketing (laughs) figure out how to market yourself and get your eye get eyeballs on your thing that's where you'll be successful um, if you're not talented, you should get talented. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> work on that first. <laughs> but once you're talented, figure out how to market yourself and get eyeballs at the thing you're doing, um, and that's where where I think success really starts to to show up for people. Um, it's sad to me that a lot of people uh, don't get that.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then the other thing I want to um put by you is like that. Uh, I think I think her um Instagram handle is like Karen X Chang, but she actually yeah you know all right yeah uh,
1: I thought you said my Instagram handle. I was like
0: yeah that's it. That's it. No, that's not. <laughs> that's not my. That's not my
1: Instagram handle. <laughs>
0: Karen X Chang. She actually okay. she does like this uh a lot of stuff with like you know AI, Stable yeah. Diffusion, like you know all all the like video media production really cool stuff but uh she just had this big thing of like you know like uh, recommendations and i don't know she was doing a ted talk or something but anyway the big her first recommendation was to like kind of feed the beast and she said post mm-hmm. every day and uh, and she was like, the algorithm will favor you if you actually just really commit to that. And I mean, like, you know, definitely doing your stuff regularly. But wow, post every day is a tough ta- challenge. And she was like, it was exhausting. But she was like, it just made the world of difference.
1: Yeah, I would I would take that a step further to say it's not so much the algorithm favors you. I, I would say it's you figure it out. You get better <laughs> Like <laughs> if you're going to do it every day. Like you learn what works, you learn what doesn't and you learn how to how to play to that at the end of the day, the algorithm, a lot of people talk about the algorithm, like it's this mystic beast that decides what works and what doesn't. But really, all the algorithm is, is do people care about the content that you're putting out? Because that's what they want. The business of social is to keep people on the platform. And if your content isn't keeping people on the platform and keeping them engaged, then it's not going to win. But if you can create content that does that, that keeps people engaged, which means it's stuff that people want to see, then you're going to win on the algorithm. Um, And I think the more you do content, the more you start to figure out, okay, this is what actually works, and you get better at it. And then and then you start to see success in the algorithm, not because uh, your volume is there. And that is a factor in the algorithm. But I think more than anything is you just
0: get good <laughs> <laughs> and then you're talented you're already talented and then yeah uh-huh then the cycle continues there it is there yeah. it is <laughs> uh, awesome uh all right so uh i I, I think really the the thing I, I've got to you know wrap it all up is like if you had a, a hope wish dream for what the podcast could become you know what is it and how does it incorporate still working here? <laughs> I mean, I let, let's be real. I want it to make me a million dollars. I want to
1: make me filthy, stinking rich. I'm in it for the money, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right. You can aim higher than a million, though. That's all I yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> no, I'm going to ask for some. <laughs> yeah, I'll invest. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. There it is. Uh, no, honestly, I would say uh, for me, I love that we get to do what we get to do. It's kind of bonkers to me. This last week, my co host moved to Los Angeles. So now we live multiple states away, and the podcast is profitable enough where we can fly him out once a month. We have a studio space that is also his apartment, and it covers the cost of all of that. Um, And so it's honestly very humbling for us to be at a spot where we can do that. Um, We can create something that we love that we would be doing no matter what, like, even if people didn't watch this, we would be doing this show because it's just a lot of fun for us. And so the fact that we now have a team that the show can sustain, and we can have a space and continue to create it, like, that's, that's why I do it. I I love it, just because I love it. Um, And so my dream is to the fact that my dream is what it's what it is. Honestly, <laughs> it's that it. we get to create this, and it doesn't have to be something that costs us a lot of money, and I have to justify to my wife every month. Um, like it's just a cool thing uh, that works and runs on its own, and um, a lot of other people enjoy it, uh, which is is it's wild. I don't know why people uh, uh, love it. It's it's a lot of fun.
0: Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I hope uh, a lot of other people even from this podcast definitely go go check out your podcast uh, things I learned last night. Uh, and, uh, and really, honestly, it was it was super cool being able to chat with you about all this stuff. Uh, I appreciate your uh, input and stuff all of the, the stuff you being a loyal listener of the podcast here, you know, like this, this has been great. So I appreciate your uh, your feedback and input on all these questions. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, <laughs> you've made it. Actually, this was the sign. It actually—that's that's what I wanted to do. run through the whole episode to be like, all right, now you've made it. You're here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's great. Well, thanks for having me, and thanks for uh, everybody who's listened all the way through this. Uh, thanks for for listening through my laughter and all my dumb jokes. <laughs> oh,
0: great. They were, they were, they were perfect. Uh, <laughs> definitely. Well, uh, I am your host Brent Feldman. This has been another episode of mix and matchbox. We will be back soon with more content. Please like, and subscribe. Thank you very much.